Welcome to Cash Considerations, the podcast that takes you behind the Las Vegas Sportsbook from the guys who actually work behind it, with your hosts, Alan Berg and Dave Sherapan. Faithful listeners to the Cash Considerations podcast, I apologize if you were listening live before. We had some technical difficulties, but we are back and things are worked out. I am not here with Alan Berg today. He is still in parts unknown somewhere on a beach in Hawaii, hopefully enjoying himself with uh, SPS 50 on. With me today, though, is my other co-host, and uh, like we discussed uh, just a few minutes ago, Mo, we're going to get you in the intro here as soon as we can get your contract changed, but I will welcome you to the show today, Mo Toy Pearson. How are you, sir? Man, I'm... I'm doing better since we're back. I feel like uh, that could have been my fault somehow, and uh, I'm losing the intro spot every second that happens that yeah. I think about it. So I, I hopefully dumped that quick enough that Berg won't get a hold of it, and uh, you know oh, we're you, gonna, you might we'll get demoted. It. We're gonna bury it in the sand that he's sitting in right now. Hard. Yeah, yeah, Just we're bury gonna, it down. We're gonna keep that one away from him for sure. <laughs> um, well. What we're going to discuss today is basically NCAA basketball. We're going to dive into some conferences, um, look at who we think is in, who we think maybe has to play their way in, some bubble teams. Uh, We'll do a segment on teams that actually can win. I have 10 teams that I kind of just want to throw a yes or no. We did uh, bueno or no bueno during football season. Maybe we'll do see or no today and uh, fire some teams at you that way. And then we're going to look at some mid-majors that I know you, being a big fan of college basketball, want to discuss um, some teams that aren't in everybody's top 10, maybe even top 20 as far as rankings go with all these BPIs, RPIs, AP pools, different things like that, but teams that are on the the Mo rankings and (laughs) can maybe make a run here and, and win six games in a row in March, so... We'll look at that. Um, I like to call it the black hole of uh, of our calendar as far as sports wagering. The, the post-Super Bowl, pre-NCAA tournament couple weeks is just, it kind of drags. We're looking for stuff to talk about on our podcast. We're looking for stuff to talk about, you know, at work, pay attention to things. The NBA is not playing, so there's nothing to talk about there other than that debacle of an uh, NBA All-Star game. <laughs> I mean, uh, what do you how could we miss so bad on that total, Bo? No, it was I mean, they had to set it high, you know, how it's been going on. I mean, 340 is still pretty unusually ridiculous. Um, but like I said, man, uh, earlier before I uh, destroyed the podcast, it it fluctuated all the way from 346 and a half to uh, you know, I think it closed at 333, 334. Yeah, we closed at 332. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, like, uh, I, I know, like, early, uh, some of the guys we respected hit under immediately, and then uh, we just started getting a barrage of overbets, which, you know, was so wrong. I mean, it ended up at 333 or 332 in your case. Um, I don't know, man. I mean, swing and a miss. Yeah, <laughs> that, was, that was just, yeah, total swing and miss, and, and we talk about that all the time, the challenges of making the numbers and actually taking the bets, and... Sometimes you just put up a bad number, and I don't know. At our place, we knew, like, immediately. We couldn't move it fast enough, and then finally, maybe in the hour or two before the game, we took some overbets. 
which kind of exposed us to a huge middle from 332 to, I think it opened at 346, I believe was the first number that we put up. So that was a big window of not good opportunity that it could have fallen, but um, yeah, it was just a bad number. I mean, uh, another miss from the NBA All-Star game, and I'll give you this real quick, Fergie's National Anthem, dude, come on, what was that? I don't know if I have the heart to talk about it again. (laughs) (laughs) It's it was, it was something else. I mean, like I said, I was, you know, we were in the back listening to it uh, or going through the pregame. We had it up, volume up. And, uh, yeah, as soon as it, it the, the national anthem started, uh, 10 seconds in, one of my buddies said, uh, is this a joke? Is this an actual joke? Yeah. So we, we turned it down. I, I, I listened to it, uh, I don't know, maybe like uh, 10 minutes after. I just wanted to see how it was. And, yeah, I, she tried to put on some type of jazzy-esque feel and – it was more like a Carl Lewis esque feel. Uh, word to my guy Jeff. So yeah, yeah. She 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 apologized for it, but she doesn't have to apologize. Like we we we've seen it. We're apologizing for <laughs> it right now on the podcast. Sometimes less is more. That's one takeaway from it. And two, just sing the song. Like if you just <laughs> sing the song and you sing it with heart and a little bit of passion, it's good enough. Like that's good enough. If you can sing. I always like to say, if you can sing, you can sing. So yeah. just sing. Roseanne, Ro- Roseanne sang with passion. Oh, I, yeah, oh, so I, yeah, yeah. Oh. You know, even with a scratchy <laughs> voice like that, I still think she got the best out of it anyway. So, uh, well, at some point we may have to go and, and do a ranking of the worst ones. And oh, uh, we will. Yeah, we'll, we'll go back <laughs> yeah. and look and find them. But right now we're going to go into some college basketball, um, and. I just want to look at the six big conferences. Before I forget, also, um, we have a friend of the show, Rick, who's putting on some college basketball contests. And you're more than welcome to contact him via Twitter. At ODHCEO is his personal Twitter. And at Call On Demand. These are big, high-stakes contests. You're more than welcome to join. Mention that you heard it on Cash Considerations, please. And I just wanted to give Rick that shout out before I forget. All right. So, and hopefully some of the information that you'll get from our show will help you in your brackets as well as your contest, whatever else you enter. Um, all right, Mo, let's dive into some conferences here. I got six conferences I want to look at. Um, we'll start with the ACC because it looks like it is the best conference. It has the most teams that are probably going to get in and, um, I just want to see where you're at as far as teams maybe getting in, maybe not getting in. The sure. four for yep. sure's, I think we can agree on Virginia, Duke, Clemson, North Carolina, all in, no question, no matter what happens in their conference tournament. Um, Miami, Florida, and Florida State both sit at 19 and 8, 8 and 7 in the conference. As of right now, would you say they're both in? Uh, I think Miami's in Florida might be leaning on the bubble here. Uh, hard to really say. I think Florida still gets in. I, I, I actually really like Miami. Okay. Um, so that's what I'll go with right there. All right. Florida state. Ken Palm has them at 28. Uh, the BPI has them at 29. Those teams usually find their way in and they have three or four conference games left. So they look like, to me, they look like they're in. All right, we'll start here with their maybes in the ACC. Louisville, 18-9, and 
eight and six in a conference, and now having to vacate all of their <laughs> all of their 2013 oh, man. Uh, stuff. Uh, it's crazy. Can they play their way into this tournament? Uh, well, the, the loss to uh, North Carolina on Saturday kind of uh, you know put them down a little bit. They they've got some key wins, but they got a lot more of key losses, which I'm uh, which I've looked up here. Uh, I actually. I thought I put Louisville in, but I think Louisville might be out if they can't win down the stretch here uh, yeah, they, and make a case. They have to make a case in the in the conference tournament, I think. How about Syracuse? Syracuse looks like a team trending up, don't they? Yeah, they won. They've won their last three out of four. Uh, big win against Miami, uh, so I think they're surging up right now. They might be on the outside looking in, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they made it either. How about NC State? Also eighteen and nine, eight and six in the conference. I actually, I think NC uh, NC State is safe. They have a a, a bunch of key wins, um, in uh, a few in the uh, um, in in conference as well. So I think NC State's going to get in for sure. Okay, and the last team I have here in that conference, Virginia Tech, nineteen and eight, eight and six. I, I like Virginia Tech. I think Virginia Tech has some big wins. They got you know a great win against West Virginia. Uh, they played good down the stretch. I, I think they'll be able to uh, rack up some wins and uh, get into the into the dance. That would include ten, ten teams in the ACC if all of those teams make it. Now, there's 32 automatic bids in this thing for conference tournament winners. There's 36 at-large bids. Is it possible the ACC could actually get eight or nine of those at-large bids? I, I'm honestly, I think they're all incredibly good. Um, it's I, I maybe I'd say like maybe nine might be the most. Um, I, I think they'll end up getting probably eight in, depending on how they play out. I, I think eight's a pretty safe number for the okay. ACC. It Not just, saying they all can't get in, right? You know what I mean. It just seems high, and and um, I don't know how how these things play out in the conference tournaments. Means so much to these these teams that are sitting there on the bubble. So maybe one or two will eliminate the other in a big game that, you know, we think is a big game here in Vegas because we're taking bets on it. And the, the conference people think it's a big game. But in the scheme of things, with all the games going on, nobody's really watching that Syracuse NC State second round ACC tournament game except <laughs> us, right? <laughs> yeah, they don't, they don't care much, man. They're watching it. They see the names, but they don't know what's behind it, obviously. So. Right. You know, we'll be we'll be kidding and we'll let them know. We'll yep. let them know though. <laughs> All right, jump ahead here to the Big 12. We got uh the the definites are Kansas and Texas Tech in my opinion. And West Virginia, I would say is in at 19 and 8, 8 and 6 in the conference. What about a team like TCU? They're 18 and 9, but they're 6 and 8 in their conference. Yeah, TCU's kind of taking a slide, but I I think TCU's going to probably fight their way in. Um, like I said, I mean, there's still plenty of games to go, um, but I, I'm, I'm a fan of TCU basketball. They're so um, high. They're ranked 19th in the BPI. Ken Palm has them 21. Um, their ranking is higher than a lot of people give them credit for, and that's what you see when you really dive into the numbers. There's teams like this that nobody really knows except for their fan base and maybe the other teams in their conference, but TCU is a pretty good team. Sure. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think TCU's played well. Uh, I think they lost Jalen Fisher, um, their their point guard that was <laughs> actually recruited by UNLV. He was supposed to be here uh, before Dave Rice actually left. So, yeah, they got um, 
I mean, they're coached well, and you know, if they if they can get a couple big wins uh, down the stretch, uh, I think they'll make their case to be in the dance. Okay. Um, the bubble teams in the Big Twelve are, are are long. It's a it's a long list, and it's a lot of mediocrity in my opinion. But sure, teams like um, Texas, sixteen and eleven, losing record, six and eight in the conference. Kansas State is nineteen and eight. They're eight and six in the conference. Baylor, seventeen and ten. Seven and seven in the conference, and then the one that everybody just keeps their eye on right now is Oklahoma. They're sixteen and eleven, six and nine now in the conference, two and nine in their last eleven games. They're playing their way out of the tournament, aren't they? Agreed. Yeah, Oklahoma and Texas are teams to me that are playing themselves out. <laughs> and and you know, with with that being said, Texas just had a big win quotations against Oklahoma, so I can't really see much of. Um, you know, how big of a win it could be. But I think those two teams might be on their way out, if anything, if they keep it up. Yeah, the Big 12 to me looks like they got – I think they got four bids maybe total. Um, I don't know if any of these teams get in unless they make a run in the Big 12 tournament and challenge Kansas or Texas Tech in the in the final or something and, you know, get that momentum that's necessary to get in the big dance. I, I, I can't see more than four bids coming out of that conference. Sure. Besides the three that we named as far as Tech, Kansas, and West Virginia, the only other two that could possibly play their way in, uh, in my opinion, would be either Kansas State, who's uh, played pretty well in conference and has some big wins, and then Baylor, who I think won six in a row uh, and have a big game tonight against West Virginia at home. So something to keep our eye on, definitely going forward. Not exactly a must win, but will go a long way for getting a bid into the big dance if they win this game tonight. Oh, most definitely. Agreed. All right, we'll go ahead. Um, Big East. This is one's pretty easy. Villanova and Xavier, obviously, two of the top five teams I'd say in the country. Um, No doubt, they're in. You know, they're they're actually you know positioning for number one seeds, arguably. Um, That conference though is kind of deep, deeper than people think, and we discussed that in the last show. Uh, Creighton at nineteen and eight. Eight and six in the conference, and Seton Hall at eighteen and nine, seven and seven in the conference. Even Butler, who's eighteen and ten but has a winning record, eight and seven in the conference. Those teams are probably going to get in, aren't they? Yeah, I. Uh, so from from my standpoint, Xavier and Villanova obviously are the big big teams that will be in their high seeds, and then I think Creighton is actually playing their way in, and Seton Hall might be playing their way out with a, a few bad losses. Uh, But I think Providence is right now, uh, I know they just lost to Butler, but they're making a strong case as well to probably sneak in as a higher seed uh, from the Big East. I have them down here as a maybe along with Marquette at 15 and 11, 6 and 8 in the conference. They have to play their way in a team like Marquette. Man, I'm a a big fan of Marquette, but they're just getting the tough end of the deal by playing in this conference (laughs) where uh, wins are hard to come by. So uh, Marquette might be a little bit on the way out as well. Uh, they lost to Creighton on Saturday, so you know it's looking dim for uh, for Marquette as uh, as it's going forward. Right. All right, we'll jump ahead here to the Big Ten. Um, the definites I have here are obviously Michigan State, um, Purdue, and Ohio State. I have as three teams definitely in, and Michigan probably in. They're twenty two and seven, eleven and five in the conference. Um, Trending upward, playing well, and a couple big games down the stretch here that can really cement their position. Would you agree? 
Yeah, I, I think Michigan now in the rankings is 17. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that doesn't matter much. But uh, Michigan's the only team I bet to uh, to win the championship at 150 to one. Wow. I don't know if that was the best value at the time, but uh, it was a little bit after they beat Michigan State on the road. And, um, you know, with a coach like Bayline and, uh, you know, they got magnificent skill players and, you know, Mo, Mo Wagner, uh, uh, you know, keeping them keeping them right uh, as the best player on that team. I, I think they can go far. I actually like Michigan to be there with the three teams, obviously, that you said uh, that'll be in. What about teams like uh, I have here on the edge in the Big Ten? Nebraska's 20-9, 11-5, just lost a really bad – I thought that was a bad loss at Illinois. It was a pick game, oh, and everybody, yeah, everybody had Nebraska – uh, as far as betting the game, but man, they should have won that game. I felt like they let one get away there. Um, and Penn State, who just continues to play competitively on the road, and they're a bear at home. They're nineteen and ten overall, nine and seven in the conference. They played Purdue pretty tough on Sunday. That was a good game. Didn't do anything to hurt their resume. I don't think it would have gone a long way toward. Uh, giving them, you know, obviously 20 wins, and now we can bring them into the discussion. But they can play their way in, can't they? Yeah, those are the, actually the only two teams I think that actually have a chance to uh, to come out, uh, you know, besides the four teams we spoke about, the four teams we spoke about. But, yeah, like I said, uh, you know, there's a lot of basketball to be played, and uh, teams like Nebraska and Penn State who already have a pretty good resume right now going forward, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be up to them to uh, uh, grab some wins, steal some wins. You know, if, if Penn State could – they stole a win right there against Purdue, man. That would have uh, that would really put them up there in, in debate to actually get to the dance, um, you know, even before the tournament, you know, just to brush up the resume. So I think both of them have a really good shot. And obviously with the field being expanded, uh, who says they both can't get in or at least one get in, you know, with uh, true confidence. Right. Yeah, the Big Ten for sure. It looks like four bids, um, definites, and then those two teams are on the – on the outside, maybe looking in right now, but there's still the Big Ten only has one more conference. Most of the teams only have one more conference game, and then the, the Big Ten tournament is actually next week, and right. that's going to be interesting right. because they're going to have their positions kind of cemented before all the other teams play their conference tournaments. So we're going to be interested to see. It's almost like how in college football the Pac-12 and stuff does their stuff first, and then they have to let everybody see what they see last to then make a decision. It's going to be very interesting. Don't you think how that's going to play out? I mean, they got uh, three of the teams are probably going to be in the top four seeds. Uh, even Ohio State still has a shot to be in the top four, uh, as a top four seed. So, yeah, I mean, when other teams see these teams um, kind of locking themselves in, they're going to have to play around it and, um, you know, make sure they, they make their case to at least get within uh, what the Big Ten will probably produce after the uh, the tournament's over. Right. All right, I got uh, two more conferences here, and they're both a mess. We'll start with the first one, the SEC. Oh, is Clemson still in the SEC? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, little little joke for the listeners from last week's show. I like it. Um, I got Auburn at twenty three and four, eleven and three in the conference, and Tennessee at nineteen and seven as the two definites now. Kentucky's probably in there as well because they're Kentucky. I mean, they're 18-9. and nine. They have a mediocre 7-7 seven and seven conference record in what I feel is a mediocre conference. But they're probably in. After that, dude, there are 
one, two, three, four, five, six teams I have listed, and I'll just run them down real quick. Texas A&M, Alabama, Missouri, Florida, Arkansas, and Georgia. Are any of them getting in this, into the big dance? Uh, the I, Missouri, I think, has a pretty strong case. They're playing pretty well down the down the stretch, and Texas A and M, who uh, who I'm still pretty confident in, they just got waxed by Arkansas on Saturday. Uh, so it's really hard to say. I think George is probably on their way out. Uh, Arkansas has a really good chance to make it. Um, you know, they they were still a still a top team, I think, in the nation. Um, I know they haven't. Well, the, besides the win on Saturday, they, have, they haven't been playing like it. But I think Arkansas might have a chance to work their way in as well. Okay, Arkansas is 37th in the BPI. Ken Palm has them 39. They're 19 and eight. That's the one team of that list that I think is trending upward, and can play their way in with a strong finish here two weeks down the stretch, along with a good conference tournament run. But the SEC really is looking like four teams max come out of that conference. Yeah, it's like I said. I mean, it's not only has it been a mess, but Auburn and Tennessee are at the at the top of this conference. Uh, usually, where you know a Kentucky or a Florida dominates. Uh, Bama, who you know they've been playing pretty well. They always take a step back. Uh, you know, with the some confusing losses as well. Um, you know, I, I, four or five would probably be a good a good number for teams to get out. But I mean, there's just so many teams on the bubble right now. It's really even hard to say. And Auburn just suffered a huge injury to uh, a kid named Anthony McLemore. Who, yep. Uh, yeah, that was a Pre- bad. Yeah, premier injury. shot blocker. Yeah. And then, well, <laughs> to, to uh, add insult to injury, they they lost to South Carolina, uh, who's just been having a rough season after last year's miracle season. So you know, I don't know if it was a look ahead game for them, but uh, him definitely getting hurt was probably the worst of it. Well, don't you see it uh, more and more? A lot of these teams, as they are constructed, and as long as they continue to to play the top seven, maybe eight into the rotation, they're good. They lose one guy, and it all falls apart. The lack of depth on a lot of these teams is huge, and I don't know if it's looked at, um, you know, by a lot of people, by the regular fan. You know, that that kid getting hurt for Auburn is going to hurt them going forward. I mean, they are 23-4, and and they have built up a great resume and had a great season, but they're not the same team now going ahead into March, right? Yeah, I mean, I think from a defensive standpoint where it really matters, especially deep into March, um, you know, it's it's hard to replace a a guy of, you know, you know, with the, with his type of frame. <laughs> you can't just put anybody in there and, you know, kind of get him going on on the defensive end of the of the ball. So, yeah, yeah, it's going to be rough no matter how talented they they could be. It's it's definitely a, a big hit to the team. On an against the spread uh point, Auburn is top five in all of college basketball this season against the spread. They're 17 and seven against the spread. The value on them. Yeah. But the value on them is going to change. And these are things you got to kind of look at as you're coming up to the window, you know, really kind of look and see like Purdue, Purdue's another team. I've been watching their lines. I mean, I don't know when the last time they covered They're 15 and 13 against the spread, but the number's been so inflated because they were so good early and it's been slowly being adjusted, but they're still big favorites. Well, that would do it for Mo. Let's try to bring Mo back into the show while we can. In the meantime, I'm just going to keep talking. 
There's Mo. All yeah, right, man. you're back. That's all right. <laughs> I brought you back in quick. I'm that moving. was. All right, we're good. We're okay. Sorry, about right. that. I had to end a call here. Or a okay. Different call. Sorry. We ended our call. All right. <laughs> Last all right. one I want to discuss: the Pac-12. Oh, complete mess here. The only team that I have for sure is in is Arizona. Obviously, Arizona State is in because of the story. Their their early um, wins build up a lot of credibility. Um, they're seven and seven in the Pac-12. That's not. That's just not good, and I don't know if it's acceptable. Do you feel like a team should be at worst five hundred in the conference to get in the big dance? The parity that the parity that's been going on in the Pac-12 is uh, beyond me <laughs> right now. I know it's competitive, but it just seems out of whack because of you know that that fact alone that they're only five hundred in the conference. Uh, like I said, it's been wacky. I think it's probably the wackiest conference of them all. How about uh, how hard it, it is to bet, Mo? Like, how do you bet these games in the Pac-12? I mean, you can't even base it on home court. You can't base it on mismatches. You just don't know what you're going to get. No, it's it's tough. I mean, right at this point, you're shopping for value and the best number uh, alone on any of these games. It's really hard to figure out who's going to come to play uh, or who's going to maintain a lead, which is <laughs> pretty terrible in these games. But... Um, yeah, man, it's it's you can't really go off anything, but you know, finding value with with teams that in, hit them in certain spots is probably the best bet for the Pac-12. But the, I mean, the teams for God's I sakes, have listed here as possible teams in their records are almost all the same. But I have Washington, USC, UCLA, and Utah. Um, just off the cuff. Do those teams get in the tournament? I mean, it looks to me like the Pac-12 is going to get three, maybe four total bids. The conference tournament winner, which hopefully for them is going to be Arizona. And the rest, what do you make of that? Uh, man, it's, for me, hard to say. I I think Utah's playing their way in. Uh, USC's been a mess all season with all the hype they got before the season even started. And UCLA, who's stumbled on to a decent season it's you know it's hard for me to even say but most of them have decent key wins Washington actually has a lot of key wins in the conference and you know some actually big wins out of the conference so uh, three or four should be fine uh, I mean the, the the teams you named are the only ones I could actually even see having a shot right um and that conference tournament is here in Las Vegas oh yes if you're oh, in yes. town You'd need to go because the games, um, it's a, usually a pretty good atmosphere, and the games will be really competitive. I mean, making the lines is going to be a challenge on a neutral court because now at least you can factor in the home court advantage, which teams traveled multiple games. Here you get neutral site. Everybody's here from the, from the start. It's going to be very interesting who plays their way in right here in our backyard. I can't. I can't wait to. I'm trying to go. Uh, I'll, I'll probably be at a at some of the games, maybe for the semifinals. Uh, I think that's next Friday on the ninth, and the championship will be on the tenth Saturday. So I think that's next week. I don't know. I'm, gonna, I'm confusing myself. <laughs> but, but. We're, we're just trying to keep you on this call for the next fifteen minutes. If we can do that, then we'll tell you what day it is after the show ends. <laughs> <laughs> but. Yeah, um, no, it's 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 going to be a spectacle. Uh, I love how they moved it to the T-Mobile Arena. It's, you know, last year I went to a few games, like I said on the last show. Uh, I watched uh, 
I think it was Cal and Oregon play, Dylan Brooks, Ivan Rab, and then a, a just a scoring bonanza between Arizona and UCLA. So no no Lavar Ball sighting, but we did actually get to talk to Bill Walton, which is a which was a treat. Nice. I'm sure you and Bill had a lot to talk about. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> put the two of you together. I just want to put a microphone there and hit record. <laughs> Bill, Bill Walton was calling the uh, Blazers-Warriors game, I think, last Thursday. Uh-huh. And, uh, oh, my God, it was it was incredible, man. Uh, he was he was going off, you know, man. He, he was he was in prime form that night. Yeah, he's, Great in his own, he's in his own world most of the time. But it's entertaining. <laughs> i got to give him credit. I don't know if you can take it to whole broadcast, but there are nuggets in there where you're just like, man, this guy's great. He forgot Dave Pash's name like five times. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. it was beautiful, yeah. man. It was insane. I was uh, loving it. So for the last conference that I wanted to mention, the American Conference, I have three definites in, but I don't have any other ones. Cincinnati, 23-4, and four, Wichita State, 21-5, and five, and Houston, 21-5, and five, I believe are in. Would you agree? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's. I mean, that's probably the only ones we'll see coming out of, uh, out of that conference. All three skilled and you know, Houston's had some big wins. Uh, they've had some great wins. They're competitive, very talented. I, I like Houston. Yeah, and those, then obviously, you know, Wichita and Cincinnati are no-brainers at this moment. Right. Those teams look like the, the cream of the crop, obviously, and that I don't think anyone else, unless they win the conference tournament, can get in there. Are those teams a threat to win it all? Oh, man. You know, Wichita State, like I said, when Greg Marshall gets in there, he's he knows how to coach those games. But – um, Cincy might, you know, they've they've had some rough years in the in the dance. Hard to say for Cincy. We'll have to see how they keep playing down the stretch here. And uh, I think, like I said, Houston's competitive, man. Um, they played a lot of great non-conference games, and um, I, you know, I, I think they can give it a shot to make a to make at least a decent. Run, so uh, they'll be a household name for a little bit in the dance. I think both Wichita State and Houston may have some value in looking at tournament uh, prices to win it all. I think Houston's going off at two hundred to one right yeah, now. Yeah, that's right. To one, yeah, so yeah, I mean that's a big one. And then even Wichita State might have some value around at some shops. Uh, I think we have them at twenty-five to one, but you could probably get thirty to one at a few other joints as well if they're okay. not careful. <laughs> All right, right. Well, that'll lead me into uh, this segment here: teams that can win. And uh, I have ten listed. I mean, we talk about this tournament every year, and a lot of the the talking head shows discuss, you know, the Cinderella's and the lower seeds. And when push comes to shove, this thing is won by top teams, by by big basketball schools that win it every year. It's a handful, and it's fun to talk about the runs that the Cinderella's make, but very rarely does a seed lower than a four or five seed win this thing. You know, I mean higher than, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. So, it, it's a well. It's funny. They'll we'll have like there'll be a a plethora or a good amount of uh, higher seeds that actually make a decent run, but it'll always be you know the top seeds that you know are the ones that are for the championship right. when it's all done. Right. All right. So I have I and I'll just if you if you don't think they can win it, point out why. But otherwise, just say see or no. Villanova. C, yes? C. Virginia. C. Duke. No. 
You don't think Duke can win it, huh? Uh, well, I think it's more of just a biased deal. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody, yeah, think, you either love or you hate Duke, right? It just feels like and more people hate them than than like them. Yeah, it's you know they've they've had you know incredible seasons where they'll make a run and you know. Coach K knows how to get it done. But, you know, I've seen him lose a, a bunch of games, you know, in the first and second round. So I think it's just, you know, it seems like they're hyped up to make, you know, something happen. But I feel like, they, you know, they're, they're going to bust down at some time in this, in this tournament. Yeah, the, this their run depends on their seed. If they have a hard road, them winning three, four, five games in a row is very difficult. I, 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 I would lean with you there. How about Michigan State? Uh, incredibly C. Okay. (laughs) Despite the fact that they get down by 15 or 20 every game and have to come back and win, like, they seem like a team that, I don't know if they flip a switch, but man, I don't know. I don't see them winning the whole thing. I really don't. I, for me, it's hard. It's hard to even go from Duke not winning it and Michigan State winning it, but I'll put Michigan State in there to, you know, at least turn some heads, but. For me, I, I could see him winning it, so uh, you know that's probably enough for me to say right there. How about Kansas? No, no. Kansas. I, I, it seems like Kansas is trending up still, um, but they, for me, they just have they have enough flaws to, you know, break down. And you know, I've seen it before from Kansas, so I, I'm, I'm going to go with no. Okay, I, I would agree with you there. Something happens to that team. It just uh, somebody has like a career shooting day, something always just seems to happen to them as they get closer to uh, at least the Final Four and they can't get there. How about North Carolina? See, I do like North Carolina. I like the way they're playing. They showed me something Saturday against Louisville. They couldn't miss a shot. Um, that was a pick game, and they handled their business. They seem like they are really trending upward, No. Yeah, they're they're getting it together, and uh, yeah, man, offensively they're they're on a roll. Um, you know, they got they got great coaching, and you know, the pedigree of the program itself. Not to say any of these other teams aren't, you know, just as well as far as the years they've been playing. But uh, I, I see a lot from these guys, a lot of talented guys that can actually shoot. Defense is pretty good, so I like North Carolina going down, getting down the stretch. Even though it's uh, it's hard to win back to back in anything, so I like how, North Carolina. How about Purdue? Man, I was high on Purdue last week, and I think living in the moment is kind of the deal I was talking about there. Uh, Purdue's it's, it's rough, but I, I'll probably go with no. Probably be killing myself for it, but uh, I don't know, man. It's it's they can play, they can shoot. I know that, but but when they have an off shooting day, they don't win. Rough. Right? They have an off shooting day. It's they tough, just man. lose their their point guard, Vincent Edwards, uh, had an ankle injury. Didn't play over the weekend against Penn State. That's going to be a big loss for them. Hopefully he can come back. But, I mean, my man Jimmy Chalk at work is a Purdue guy. He wears that jacket every day. And uh, he loves that <laughs> team. But, man, I, I, him and I just been going back and forth. And he's not happy with where they're at playing as a team right now. So they can kind of fix it all with a good run in the Big Ten tournament and, and go into the dance with some momentum. But I don't think they're number one seed now. They're going to get a rough number two, maybe three seed, the way it's going, they're, they're looking like no for me. Yep, agree. Um, the last one I have listed here is Xavier. I like Oxford, man. That's my that's one of my teams, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Oxford, from, from my story from last March Madness, the guy came up to the counter and 
kept saying he wanted Oxford to win it all, and I didn't know who Oxford was until he pointed on that sheet, and he pointed <laughs> at Xavier. Um, does he have a shot to win it this year? <laughs> Xavier is good enough. Uh, Travion Blewett is a you know not not much of a big name, but I I think he's a he's a guy everyone will probably know come you know coming down to March. I think they're they're going to be an elite eighteen for sure in my opinion. Um, do I think they can win it? I'm, you know, I'm kind of stretching. I, I don't think so, but I think they'll get far in the dance to at least, um, you know, probably make me uh, eat my words. So uh, I'm going to go with no right now, but I, I believe in uh, in Oxford for sure. They gave up 16 three-pointers to Villanova on Saturday. This is a team that they're going to have to outscore you, right? Xavier just plays like almost not an NBA type game, but they go to score. They don't play that defense that you kind of have to play in March, right? Yeah, no, they, uh, well, when they get up on opponents, they can, you know, throttle them. And uh, that's what they usually do. And that's how they get these big wins and big covers. But, you know, if they meet uh, a team that can actually shoot outside of the perimeter, um, you know, watch out, man. It'll it'll, it'll be fireworks and it'll be rough for them to, uh, to keep up, if anything. All right, sir. Well, we got a few minutes left. Uh, I wanted to mention, uh, we mentioned at the beginning, we're going to call it Mo's Mid-Majors. Mo Money has a couple mid-majors that he wants you to keep an eye on. And I have three listed here. The first one is Gonzaga. Is, is this a team that can win the tournament, or are you just expecting a run maybe to the Final Four? Maybe a Final Four team. Uh, like I said, Xavier, I think, can make it to the Elite Eight. I think the Zags, uh, you know, with Mark Few backing them and, they still have some pretty decent talent there, uh, even from last year where they lost a, a few a few key guys. But I think the Zags could definitely make a run. They're just as talented as anybody in the country. Um, they've had a rough schedule, non-conference that kind of got them ready for it. But you know, right now they're looking they're looking like a, a team that can make a make a push for maybe a repeat in the championship. Really hard to say. Their roster is uh, is an interesting. It's a nightmare matchup for a lot of teams with their bigs, right? Yeah, no, that's, you know, that's how they get it done. And, uh, you know, kudos to the recruiting. But, you know, they got a bunch of skill guys and a lot of guys that can, uh, uh, you know, break down defenses and, you know, shoot some mid-range jumpers. And then, you know, obviously they have a lot of guys that can shoot from the three as well. So it's it's kind of, you know, pick your poison with Gonzaga. Okay. Um, the second one you have listed here is very interesting. Rhode Island. Rhode Island is a team out of the Atlantic 10 that you think, what, we're, we're talking Elite Eight, maybe? Oh, man, hard, I don't – they had such a, you know, tough loss to Oregon last year before Oregon made, made their push to, uh, I think, the Final Four, if I'm not mistaken. But, yeah, I think Rhode Island probably, uh, you know, they they didn't think they got a fair shake. And, you know, they just took a took a tough loss to St. Bonnie's, their first loss in the conference, uh, which, you know, I think St. Bonnie's is very talented as well. But I think Rhode Island can get into dance and probably make some noise uh, you know, look out for them to, um, you know, to turn some heads as well going into uh, into into the madness. That's a team that is all over the board as far as these rankings. Like, they're 26th in the BPI. They're 7th in the RPI. And Ken Palm has them back at 29th. So this is a team that, um, based on the metrics you're looking at, the analytics and things, you could have them in a lot of different places, but obviously they're capable at 21 and four of winning a lot of basketball games. So this is for sure a team that I think you can look to maybe bet to win their conference tournament. And depending on their seed, 
you may want to, to buy a, you know, either make it to the Sweet 16, make it to the Final Four ticket, or even a, a, a win-it-all thing, and then you can work the hedge, right? Yeah, no, I think right now uh, the value might be dead on to win the championship, but definitely as soon as, uh, you know, a lot of these, these other props come out, Rhode Island should be a, a team everybody should be keying on at least to, um, uh, you know, make some noise. All right. The third one you have listed here for me is Nevada. Now, the Mountain West, obviously, they are hoping, to, if they want to get a second team in, that Nevada doesn't win the conference tournament. But at 23-5, and five, um, 21st in the BPI rankings, 10th overall in the RPI rankings. Can't believe it. Ken Palm has them at 18. <laughs> um what what should we be looking for from this Nevada team? Man, they're 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 really good. I was you know super happy when UNLV UNLV beat them on the road, and uh, I think they were missing out on their best player. Nevada had their best player out for that game, but no, Nevada's really talented, man. I mean, they they came on strong last year. Uh, I think they had a tough loss to Iowa State, if I'm not uh, if I'm not wrong there, but. Nevada's talented. They they can they can get it rolling. I know the Mountain West hasn't been you know what it's been in the last uh, in the last couple of years when they were getting about four or five in, but uh, yeah, Nevada. You know even though I, at you know in a weak conference right now, I still think they they could play and you know be one of the best teams in the in, in the nation. How about a team? I'll throw one at you. What do you make of this Middle Tennessee State squad? <laughs> they've they've been good. I think they. I don't know how many guys they still have on that team i've watched them a little bit this year i don't know how many t- uh, guys they still have on that team where they beat michigan state uh but they you know they play that that uh that zone defense and get after you from the perimeter uh they're good they're good i mean i i know they can they they're a strong team the conference usa is not even really that bad i know no one even cares much for it but i think middle tennessee state's actually pretty decent and in that conference as well as old dominion they have a shot at being like one of those maybe 12 seeds or something that win that first round game, right? Yeah. I think I kind of get mixed up on teams that are uh, winning, uh, uh, you know, quite a bit or they get on a roll going into the, to their conference tournament, but old dominions winning pretty, pretty well right now. I think the second best team in that conference would be Western Kentucky who has some big wins. Um, non-conference. I think the only one I could think of is Purdue. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, and yeah, no, I, I think Old Dominion could make a run. I think defensively, um, that's how they win games. And you know, it's it's big in in, in tournaments, in small tournaments that they got to play back to back to back. Uh, I think Old Dominion's actually really good in a, a team that's under the radar that no one's really uh, talking about right now. Right. All right, Mo. That'll uh, pretty much sum it up as far as our college basketball, what I like to call deep dive. We we <laughs> yeah. we, we went all around the, the nation and, and a bunch of different conferences, and it's all going to change within a week. But that's what we do. That's what we look at, and we talk college basketball, trying to give you a heads up as far as um, what to look forward to. you got about 30 seconds, Mo. Where's the best place in town, if you're not working at a book, to watch games? Oh, man. That one is it's it's tough. Uh, me, I, I personally like the SLS, the sports book they have there, mm-hmm. not the prices. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's the the vibes pretty nice. Uh, you know, they have couches and stuff like that. Bunch of you know a nice little bar right there where you can watch on uh, a couple big screens they have there. 
so hopefully I'm, I'm promoting them. Hopefully they, they can back me on. <laughs> they also have a, a, an umami burger who's, you know, their burgers are pretty good. And, uh, you know, if you want to eat and watch a game, I think the SL, SLS Sportsbook, William Hill, uh, is probably the nicest in my opinion. All right. Well, there you go. Mo's a burger connoisseur, too, for all the <laughs> listeners. So Mo, Mo can get it done with a burger. So he knows. <laughs> all right, buddy. Thanks for joining me again. Um, and despite our phone issues, I think the show went off okay. And we'll we'll try to get Alan back. For all the listeners, again, go to at O-D-H-C-E-O for any uh, March Madness interest in contests. And for myself, for our man Alan Berg, who's off in Hawaii still and hopefully going to join us again next week, all of our other guests that we bring on the show, thank you for listening. And we will look forward to getting back together again later this week. Thank you for listening to the Cash Considerations Podcast.